Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, and I'll go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo ambition. Today is an intense day in the world of basketball. If you remember what it was like a year ago today, or at least what it was like during the uh, the trade deadline in 2015, it's taking place right now as we speak here on episode 74 of the Hoopers Log through CLNS Radio. My name is Simo Buckets. Again, if you're listening to the Apple Podcast, I thank you again for listening. But we are currently in the heat of about the final two hours of the trade deadline in the NBA, clearly this is all just the discussion portion. Things could go final about an hour after the trade deadline. But as of now, we have breaking news coming in throughout the show, and it will happen throughout. I'm telling you, you're going to hear this a lot today. You're going to hear this a lot. Uh, there's, there's already been three trades that have happened. Uh, Donantis Mon- Montiunis, I believe that's his name, Donantis Montiunis being traded from the Rockets to the Pistons for Marcus Thornton. Apparently, Joel uh, Anthony also is involved in that trade as well, and also this year's first-round pick by the Pistons. This team's going all in this year, going into the postseason. Apparently, Jaleel Okafor could potentially be a move as well. It's just these are all rumors at this point. Also, uh, Bucks are getting interested in, in other moves as well. Uh, there's just a lot going on. Uh, obviously, Ty Lawson and the Jazz died down earlier today. Shelvin Mack apparently is going to be traded to the uh, – to the Jazz for a second-round pick. Uh, what else is going on? Obviously, the Magic and Bulls are discussing Shabazz Napier. The Cavs are going to get Channing Fry from the Magic in a three-team trade. Anderson Varejao apparently will be sent to the Blazers. It is a crazy, crazy day, and that's not to mention what happened in Chapel Hill last night between Duke and North Carolina. Andrew Norris is on the line. He was sick yesterday. He's been busy at work. It's just been a crazy, crazy time. Andrew, what's up, man? What is going on, dude? My Pistons made a few another Stan Van genius. Okay, this guy has got rid of Joel Anthony, Brandon Jennings, and Ersan Ilyasova, and a first round pick that's going to be outside of the lottery because this team is making the playoffs. He's brought back Marcus Thornton, Dante Montiunis, and Tobias Harris. This guy is—he must be a master manipulator. He must have some type of device that makes teams just agree with him. Because this guy is making moves, and this team has all of a all of a sudden become a threat to to reach the Eastern Conference Finals, I, and I don't think that's much of a debate at this point. And now, uh, you know, and I wouldn't be shocked if they're not done. A backup point guard is still something they want. I know Stan Van Gundy likes Steve Blake, but if they could go get somebody like Trey Burke, 
Um, maybe if the Rockets wave Ty Lawson, go get Ty Lawson. I mean, this team's pretty close to complete, and the oldest player in their core is 24 years old. Yeah, it's uh, this 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 Pistons organization right now. And, and again, I get where you're coming from. I know you're hyped as heck being in Detroit, and I get it. This team, though, and this is where I look at it. Even if they don't do anything this year if they get into the postseason and don't get too far, and if they do get to the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm telling you, look out for 2017. But even then, look out for the next two or three years. I was telling Andrew within the last couple of days, especially after they made that trade for Tobias Harris, I said, look, maybe they're not set up this year to immediately succeed. But like you said, Stanley Johnson is about nine, seven to nine years away from his prime. You've got guys like Tobias Harris who still have about two or three years till they hit their prime. Obviously, uh, Andre Drummond is right now a top two center in the NBA, if not the best, obviously the best center in the East, maybe a top three center at worst. Uh, then And then he's still 24, 25 years old. And then you've got a bunch well, of Reggie Jackson still young. You've got a team that has a lot to develop. And even if they don't succeed this year, you've got the next couple of years, two, three, four years of growth. And, and Stan Van Gundy behind the, behind the driver's site seat, really making the decisions, and as you're seeing, he's making the decisions to pull this team back to what they were about 10, 15 years ago. Uh, Andrew, anything more you want to say about that? Yeah, I mean, he's he's not only doing a fantastic job coaching, but he's the complete opposite of Doc Rivers up, up there making the moves. And, you know, a shout-out to Jeff Bowers, too. This guy's not going to get any credit because everybody thinks it's only Stan Van Gundy making the uh, decisions, but Jeff Bowers is still the general manager of this team. Um, just because Stan Van Gundy is the president of basketball operations, he has the final say on everything. But Jeff Bowers has a lot to has a lot to do with these deals. Um, if you Absolutely. look at the team starting lineup at match now, you're looking at a starting lineup of Reggie Jackson, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Marcus Morris, Tobias Harris, and Drummond, and then you have almost a starting five equivalent to what this Pistons starting five was two years ago off the bench in Steve Blake. Uh, Darren Hilliard, who's proven he can play, Stanley Johnson, Monte Unis, and Aaron Baines. I mean, that is a great bench, and that's been the weakness. Yeah. Um, oh, throw it in Marcus Thornton now over Darren Hilliard. I mean, this team it has it has very few weak spots at this point. Um, they improved, you know, the, their biggest weak spot is the backup point guard. And I'll tell you what, if I have a team where the biggest weak spot is the backup point guard, I'm a pretty happy camper. Yeah, all you really need in that backup point guard position, because we know Reggie Jackson is going to be a star in this league here over the next couple of seasons, uh, it's going to happen. Uh, all you need is a game manager in the backcourt. I mean, look at look at teams that have great point guards. I mean, look at the look at the Clippers. Who really is backing up Chris Paul? I mean, Austin Rivers. He's not that great. Uh, you got guys like Russell Westbrook who have DJ Augustine. He's just a game manager. All you really need is a game manager, and Steve Blake's proven to do so over the last uh, couple of seasons in the NBA. He's been proven to make that uh, a pretty regular appearance. Andrew, you ready to talk about Duke in North Carolina? Obviously, expect expect more uh, breaking news on the show. We are two hours out, under two hours out of the trade deadline being up. It is 1 p.m. Eastern. Andrew, you ready to talk about some Duke, North Carolina from last night? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Last night, Duke and North Carolina, clearly the biggest rivalry in college basketball ever, um, and it proved up to the hype last night. Look, if you listened to the show yesterday, there wasn't much to say on the show, but I did say, look out for Duke in this one. 
it's going to be a classic, but Duke is going to pull it out, and they did. This was a game – I didn't watch the entire game. I was very busy at work, but I did see the highlights to this game, and I did get catch a glimpse of what happened. I saw a guy in Brandon Ingram really take a large step in his draft stock in this one. You saw a guy – who could, who could maintain the floor, find a way to get his teammates back into the flow of things. And you also saw a guy in uh, – what was his name? The, the, the white guy, I forget his name. Uh, but you saw this guy come in, and I, I can't believe I forgot his name. Um, man, I'm trying to go up the oh, – the box score is not working. Isn't that lovely how that works? Um, but the, but the Duke – Yes, Allen, yes. Um, Grayson Allen, exactly. And, and this team – um, in the Duke Duke Blue Devils, it's so fascinating. Look, do, doesn't the don't the Duke Blue Devils really encapsulate what this college basketball world has been has become? This this college basketball world, you see a team like Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, Villanova, other teams who've been the number UNC is a perfect example. Now, um, you see teams that have been number one throughout the season in college basketball, and then they fall out of nowhere, and then they come right back. It has been a seesaw, wavy season all year long, and this game was just proving of that. North Carolina dominated early in this game. They played outstanding basketball, driving to the rack, getting guys open, spread the ball around, open, move, move the floor. All the things you want to see in a basketball team North Carolina did in the first, I'd say 15 minutes, uh, uh, 25 minutes of the ball game, five minutes into the second half, and then for some reason, and I saw this in the highlights especially, North Carolina kind of just moved their game to the outside, and they played a lot more of a, of a, uh, a what do you call it, a conservative brand of basketball, which you don't want to play in any game, and especially in a rivalry game, when you're up big on your, on your rival who's ranked, and especially in a ranked opponent. And North Carolina really held the dominant, dominance of this game for the first 25, 30 minutes of the ball game. And in the final 10 minutes, you saw Duke chip away. You saw them find a way to kind of, you know, dig, dig away. You know, they were down eight late, but Duke still found a way to chip away, play that defense, spread the ball around, really get in the heads of North Carolina. And at the end, you saw North Carolina not call timeout after a missed free throw, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Either way, a made free throw, whatever. They come down the court. They had three timeouts with about 20 seconds left. They run a terrible isolation play off the top of the key, and they get a terrible shot selection at the beginning. Look, with about 15 seconds left, the moment you get across half court, you call timeout. That's just what needs to happen in circumstances like that, especially this time of the year where wins and uh, uh, conference standings become so important. With a win like this, if North Carolina would have won last night, they would have been two games up on Duke. They would have been a heavy favorite. Uh, they still are a heavy favorite in the ACC, but they would have been a bigger heavier favorite in the ACC to take the top spot and go through as a top seed in the ACC, locking them automatically in as a potential one-spot tournament. Now with the loss to Duke, they're tied with Miami of Florida in the ACC at 10-3, and and they're also also only uh, a half game up on Virginia, and they're only one game up on Notre Dame, Duke, and Louisville, but if they would have won last night, Duke would be two games out. They would be a full game up on Miami of Florida, and now they're tied with a just it, the ACC is just jam logged at the top, and Clemson's only a game and a half back as well. This is a jam logged ACC standings here in the in the in the uh, in the world of basketball, and this one game, that one poor shot, that that I, that option to not call timeout when you had three of them with about 15 seconds, cost this team a potential chance of getting the best possible play they could against a Duke opponent. Who give them credit. 
they played great down the stretch in this ballgame. They, they, they really did stun UNC and how they performed. And they even said it themselves, this is the best game they've played all year. And you talk about a time to peak. This is the perfect time to peak in college basketball. If there's ever a time to come out and play your best basketball down the stretch in an important game on national television to be boosted, it is now in college basketball. Maybe, maybe it's a week early, but it's still the perfect time. Andrew, did you watch this game last night? What were your thoughts? I did, and um, I think Brandon Ingram in the first half looked – I mean, this guy's going to be the second pick. He's, got, he's given Ben Simmons some competition for that first pick, but he's yeah. just raw as hell. Um, that first half, he looked lost, man. I mean, he, he looked like he could not handle true talent. Um, second half, he, he picked his game up, and he led this team to victory, and it was awesome to see. Um, now, if, if I could have anything, I'd have him put on about 30 pounds, have him become a man. I mean, he's 6'8", like 87 pounds. Um, but, you know, I think the whole timeout thing, I think that was more Roy Williams swallowed his prime, pride, and he said, I can't out-coach Coach K. He said, you know, I, I'm one of the best coaches in college basketball history, maybe not that far, but right now at least, but I can't out-coach Coach K. And I think that's what right. that was. So I think he was hoping, you know, the players just kind of did it. Um, you know, got a really bad shot off. I think only one pick was set in like 14 seconds, which does not work in in the late part of games. you got to get a guy open. Don't When you're down, if it's tied, you rely on a guy to create a shot. If you're down, you have to help create a shot. Uh, didn't happen. They lost the game. Um, and to show how much, you know, timely winning matters in college basketball, Duke now only has one more loss than UNC, and UNC's ranked fifth. Duke is ranked yeah. 20th. So right. timely winning, uh, your coach being Coach K, if you start to lose a couple games, you're falling down the ladder like crazy. Um but Duke pulled it off, and I think this is going to boost them for the rest of the year. I still have them in the Final Four. So, Wow. Uh, I mean, what's insane is I'm looking at these rankings right now, and five weeks ago, five weeks ago in the rankings, January 11th, the same week that Kansas and Oklahoma were in the top and they had that unbelievable triple overtime game, Duke was ninth in the country, 14-2. and two. They were clearly one of the better teams right there with North Carolina – in the top t- top 25, then they trended down. They started trending outward, finding themselves out of the top 25 for the first time in almost 15 years, um, not playing very inspired basketball. In fact, two weeks ago, they only got six points, six vo- votes when it came to the AP poll. They got nothing when it came to the AP poll about two weeks ago. And now, two weeks later, they come in and they're ranked 20th and they beat the fifth-ranked uh, people would say the most talented team in the ACC, and they did it in a in a fashion where it's so symbolic of their season. They did not play well in the first half. Then comes the then comes the second half, where the second half of the second half, ten minutes left, they decided to come out and just absolutely like really dominate on the defensive side of the ball, and they found a way to get a victory over a team where I, again I know the rivals and I understand, but Duke really has been playing off you know off teeter-totter basketball a lot like these other teams. Maryland's been kind of the same way. And North Carolina, again, could not quite get it done in a victory. In, in their home stadium, by the way, or in their home arena, by the way. So think about those uh, things there when it comes to the ACC and the world of college basketball. Again, like you said, timely winning. A big-time victory for Duke as they move forward. You talk about timely losses in the world of college basketball. There were two last night, and I called this one, too. I didn't put my foot down and predict it. 
But I put my I told you that this might have happened. Oklahoma, number three in the country, losing to Texas Tech. Again, 65-63. I said, don't be shocked. I said Oklahoma's favored by seven or something like that in Vegas. Take Texas Tech. They're going to find a way to bounce back and, and make this game competitive. And they beat Oklahoma, 65-63. That, that happened. A big, big upset in the Big 12. I'm telling you, the Big 12 might have seven or eight teams come into the conference and I'm I'm telling you it might be seven or eight teams and if even of those set the, the the bottom seven or the bottom eight teams in the, in the big 12 those seven or eight teams that are in there maybe two of those seven or eight don't get in and they're bubble teams but they're hovering I mean it is crazy how competitive this big 12 is and again Penn State and again it's Penn State beating Iowa in the big 10 not even ranked Penn State 13 and 13 or 13 and 12 uh, 12 and 13 coming into this ball game, four and nine in the Big Ten, a non-factor beating a number four Iowa team who really has come out of nowhere and been playing inspired basketball. They get beat pretty handily in this one. In this one, 79-75, it was 38 to 31 at halftime. Dominating performance by Penn State, and they held on late when it mattered. Big upsets there. Xavier in the Big East getting a victory, 85-74 at number eight over number 23, Providence in Xavier. Big-time win there. Miles Davis, a triple-double, 11 points, 12 rebounds, and 12 assists. A guard for Xavier. Big-time game for him as Xavier gets a win. And, again, stamping their – I think they've stamped their approval as being a, being a conversation piece as a 1-2 seed in the NCAA tournament to this point. Uh, Merrill, Miami – in Virginia Tech, Miami getting it done over Virginia Tech. That's a huge win for Miami as they're now tied for the top spot with North Carolina in the conference with two weeks to go. Arizona, 99-61 over, over them. Dayton gets upset by St. Joseph's, only 11-2 and in the A-10. This was a huge game for St. Joseph's. They now put their name in the hat to potentially get their name as a potential big, bigger seed. In the, now they could potentially be in the top 25 as they now have put their stamp on Dayton, beating them, and now holding the tiebreaker over them. Dayton ranks 15th. St. Joseph's not even ranked. They're in the same conference. St. Joseph has one more win. They could find themselves in the top 25 beginning of next week as well. Louisville beating Syracuse. Indiana now ranked beating Nebraska, getting a win there, and obviously Villanova stomping all over Temple, Temple as they have found themselves hovering and staying in that top spot in the, in the, in the world of college basketball. Crazy stuff in the world of college basketball over the night. Andrew, anything else you want to say on the world of college basketball before we get to this NBA news? Uh, no, dude, I'm ready for NBA. I want to talk trade deadline. Man, I'm telling you, this is crazy. I'm telling you, more stuff coming out here. The Portland Trailblazers, apparently, even though they just traded for Anderson Varejao, they're going to get rid of him. They're going to get rid of him. What is going on? This is like getting a brand-new player or head coach. What's up? <coughs> You know what that means, right? What's that? Well, the reason they're doing it is because they probably are saving luxury tax money or something like that. But that means Anderson Verjao is going to go right back to the Cavs, dude. He's going to go sign with the Cavs. Yeah, you talk about just what I don't understand the, 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 the likelihood of that trade. Maybe it's to free up something. Apparently there's guys being let go. There's talks of Ty Lawson being released from the Houston Rockets. After, if they don't make a trade with him, if something doesn't happen, first of all, why would you allow that to be? I mean, maybe it's just maybe it's just fodder, but why would you allow that information to even be leaked if you wanted to have a guy like Ty Lawson? Uh, you know, if you're trying to trade him, why would you release him? That's like telling your buddies when you're playing fantasy football or fantasy basketball, like, 
oh, by the way, if you don't accept this trade or if you don't take this or blah, 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 I'm probably just going to release him because that's how bad he is. Why would you do that? Like now you've given ammunition to, for them to say, no, I don't want him, and then they'll pick him up anyway if they feel they want to. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Now, again, that could be fodder. That could be fake. But that's, that, that's really what's going on in the basketball world. I'm telling you, there could be some more breaking news any minute here. Randy Foy apparently could be in a big conversation piece for being traded. Andrew, are there any more rumors that you're hearing about when it comes to these trade rumors that are going on? Yep. Uh, according to Vincent Ellis, uh, he is a writer for the Detroit Free Press. Looks like, And I don't mean to keep going on the Pistons, it's just that's a lot of my timeline. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they are still in the market for a point guard, and they're still looking to acquire one before the 3 o'clock deadline. So stay tuned on the Pistons. They could still be making a move. Um, obviously, the Cavs trade we were just talking, talked about, I assume Anderson Barajal is going to go right back and sign with the Cavs. Um, yeah. Nothing huge right now. So we're waiting on, you know, what's going to get moved. Uh, we're waiting yeah. on, is that Horford or Teague going to get moved? There's still a lot to wait on, um, and, and it's going to be really interesting. You know, if I'm the Hawks, and the more I think about it, I've changed my mind on this, I wait until after the season to trade those guys. Because um, you're basically, yeah. well, actually, I think Al Horford might be a free agent, but you're basically, you know, already going to have a decent record this year regardless. You're not going to get a crazy high draft pick. But, you know, you can get assets back, things like that. So it'll be interesting to see. And on top of that, uh, on that, when it comes to the Atlanta Hawks, they have shut down talks about trading Jeff Teague with, the, uh, with anybody with suitors. Uh, Utah and New York have been shut down from those conversations, so it looks like they are going to do what you just mentioned and recommended. Jeff Teague will be shut down from conversation talks when it comes to the trade deadline. If you would like to call in and talk about these things, first of all, Andrew, don't be ashamed of talking about the Pistons. They have been the ones who have made the biggest movements here during the trade deadline. They have made themselves a better team as time has moved forward. And as we move forward for the final two months of the regular season, this could be the team that makes the biggest leap in the Eastern Conference. Now, it's not hard to say because they're right now in ninth spot in the East, but they could find themselves in the middle pack, maybe right around the fourth seed if all is said and done. Breaking news we have. It's going crazy. Uh, this isn't a big story, but it looks like Portland is waving guard Tim Frazier. Uh, Damian Lillard is a big fan of Tim Frazier, so it'll be interesting to see how this goes because they do, even though they are going to waive Anderson Vergeau, they do have to make room for him. So they're going to waive yeah. Tim Frazier. You wonder if that's somebody the Pistons could go after as an extra piece up the bunch. Obviously, I think they'd rather have Steve Blake, um, but, you know, that's another player who's who's pretty possible there. Well, and, and again, if you'd like to call in and talk about this, the phone number is 323-642-1558 is the number. And again, with this, with this backup potential pickup for the Pistons, I mean, look, they've even got a chance of getting a guy like, uh, like you said, like Ty Lawson. Uh, and it's interesting that, like you said, uh, uh, Anderson Varejo might be released from the Trailblazers. I don't think he'll go. I, I, I don't think he'll go to the Pistons. But the Pistons have a potential chance of really now with their roster, even if, again, even if they don't do anything in the postseason, look, I think we all agree, Andrew, the, the Pistons are a team where, yes, now they have a chance of doing big things and getting far in the postseason, and I even agree with you that they could get into the Eastern Conference Finals and compete, not, not get to the NBA Finals, but just compete. 
Look, if they do that, that experience will do wonders for them because the moment they get into the postseason, that will already do wonders. Andre Drummond has never seen the postseason. You've got many of these guys who've never really started in the postseason. Reggie Jackson's been in, but he's been in as a bench player. You're seeing a bunch of roles being defined for this team, and as long as they just get into the postseason, that is unbelievably valuable experience. And if they can find a way to to grapple some form of chemistry and move forward with this, they can find a way to really cement themselves as a building block for the NBA and the Eastern Conference for time to come. Because, look, getting into the postseason is their goal. They're, they're on pace to now do that. And once they do, once they do get into the postseason, that's where they're going to start growing really their, their legacy and their foundation, a lot like what the Boston Celtics did last season. When the Boston Celtics made the postseason, they made all these crazy moves throughout the year. And then once they got into the postseason, they made some huge strides. Yeah, I know they got swept by the Cavs, but they played really competitive against the Cavs last year in each of those games. A couple of the games are blowouts, but most of the time it was very competitive. And that really helped them. And look at where they are now. They're already they're a top-four team in the Eastern Conference. They really haven't gotten anybody new outside of Amir Johnson and Jarekpo. Outside of that, everyone's really the same there over the last year, and they have already improved. Imagine what this Detroit Pistons team can do if they get into the postseason and just and just succeed a little bit. Even if they don't even get to the Eastern Conference Finals, if they just get to the second round, you talk about some massive, major, important experience. None of these players, except for, like I said, Reggie Jackson, Dante Montiunas, outside of those guys, the core of this team has really never started in, in May. They've never played in May before. May basketball as we know, is, is a different brand of basketball altogether. And if they can just get there and at least see what it's all about and be in that atmosphere and understand, then when they play in the regular season, it'll be like clockwork. Once they play in the regular season games, it will be nothing. Like, yeah, they'll, they'll play a regular season game. It'll be intense. They'll be like, oh, this is, this is like May. This is just like May. You know, and that is valuable, valuable stuff there. And I, and I know you've been saying, oh, you know, I've been on the Pistons, but really, this is the team to watch now. It, this is like the Utah Jazz. Uh, this is like the, I guess you would say, the, the, the cracked out version of the Utah Jazz for this year. Next year, it's like, look, they got to go far next year. I'm not saying there's pressure on them to go far, but they got to at least do something uh, to get there. We got more breaking news, more breaking news. I told you it was going to be a crazy day today. I told you it was going to be crazy. I'm calling you. Oh, look, Andrew and I pressed it at the same time. Uh, according to league sources, <laughs> The Nuggets have traded Randy Foy to Oklahoma City. Look at this. Oklahoma City, we thought coming into the season with Kevin Durant being a free agent, depending upon where they are, and and Andrew and I would agree that they're one of the three teams in the the Western Conference to be a potential potential championship contending team, which we wouldn't have said about a month and a half ago. But sitting here now, you would agree that you would have to agree, especially with the way they played against uh, Oklahoma, against, against how they played against Golden State about two weeks ago, you would have to agree that this team is now a legitimate contender. Look, they've got guys like like Russell Westbrook. Randy Foy, in my opinion, is like the perfect complement to those guys. He's just a shooter. He's just a role player. But he can come in and complement them to the perfect degree. He can let Russell Westbrook go crazy. He'll stand out on the perimeter and play well. And also a guy like Kevin Durant. I'm telling you, when you see Kevin Durant in that, in that mood zone where he's just, he's just unstoppable – this team becomes very tough to beat, and their depth is scary altogether. What do you what do you take of this of this trade, Andrew? Uh, 
It, well, it's, it's depending on who goes back. Is it going to be Mitch McGarry, DJ Augustine, or Cameron Payne? Those guys are all guys who right. are in it. I'd be shocked if Cameron Payne. Um, I think Mitch McGarry and maybe a second-round pick at, at most is what it's going to take, maybe just Mitch McGarry. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to play a huge role on the Thunder, uh, but, you know, I've heard he, his IQ is what really does it. His, his IQ is so much higher than people give him credit for. Um Another, a little bit more breaking news. I'm not going to press the button because I'm reading into it. Um, looks like the Rockets are making calls about Patrick Beverly. Uh, see what his yep. worth is. Then also the Pistons, uh, I said they were looking into a tra- or a point guard. It looks like Trey Burke is a potential candidate. And i got to tell Ooh. you, if the Pistons went and got Trey Burke, I would cry my eyes out. Watching him in college win games for Michigan that shot over Kansas. Oh, man. Dude, he is the uh, Best college basketball player I've I've seen it at my, on my team, the Michigan Wolverines, and it was that year, that special year they had going to the finals against Louisville was awesome. If they went and got Trey Burke, dude, I would throw, I would, I would go crazy. But I hate to do this. Uh, my bosses are calling me. I want to be here the rest of the show. I'm going to try to find a way to call in if something else happens. It looks like DJ Augustine is going to yeah. the Thunder to the uh, that that's the rest of the trade. But I do have to go, guys. Again, I'm going to try to get on in about 10, 15 minutes here if I can. Uh, if not, I will sure. talk to you guys tomorrow. All right, Andrew. Have a good day, man. Again, this is a crazy day in the Hoopers log. As again, you've heard, if you'd like to call in and talk about it. Three two three six four two. One five five eight again, and I wanted to get into the conversation with Andrew about potentially what was going to happen with uh, the Channing Fry move. Look, what's interesting with this with this Cleveland Cavalier team is that they now have Kyrie Irving, uh, Amon Shumpert. They have Channing Fry potentially starting at the power forward position. LeBron James obviously, and Timothy Mozgov. They've got kind of a more outside, inside-out team working right now is clearly Tristan Thompson, Channing Fry, and Timothy Mozgov, Kevin Love. They have got a team now where really you can pick your poison from all angles of the court from the big man position. And when it comes to this Cavs team, and if they get Anderson Varejao back, which I don't see happening, but if they were to somehow get him back, I'm telling you, I don't know a better team in basketball, at least at the big man portion of the game, than the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. They have found a way to really maximize their talent from every angle when it comes to this ability for this team in the, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the game of the Eastern Conference. I'm not saying that they're better than the Detroit Pistons at the big man position because they're not. But when it comes to acquiring an entire – when it comes to acquiring an entire just circumstance when it comes to this uh, – when it comes to this entire circumstance in the Eastern Conference – they, they have found a way to really maximize their talent on every level when it comes to the big man position here. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you, there's just, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. And as you can tell, I'm really dealing with a lot of this stuff. There's a lot of things happening here as the trade deadline is, is slowly coming to, uh, you know, an hour and a half away now as we sit. DJ Augustine, uh, Novak, two second rounders to Denver as a part of the Randy Foy deal. That's a big time trade right there they're coming here come the trades they are coming as we speak here on the trade deadline if you're listening to apple podcast if you'd like to call in and talk about these trade deadlines please feel free to do so 323-642-1558 is the number uh going back to college basketball there's no real major ranking games in the world college basketball tonight but there is one big matchup wisconsin at michigan state 
That is one game to look out for. I think Michigan State gets the victory, but do not be shocked if Wisconsin keeps that game close for I think it can be, and I think it will be a close game. I think Maryland beats Minnesota in the Big Ten as well tonight, but don't be shocked if Minnesota comes out inspired and wants to win a victory in this one because they're trying to get a victory. They're 0-13 in the Big Ten. We saw Penn State beat Iowa last night. Who's not to say that Minnesota can't do the same thing in the Big Ten? Tennessee and Kentucky, don't be shocked if Tennessee finds a way to keep it close. Kentucky's favored by 17, but don't be shocked if they find a way to keep it close. And Connecticut and SMU, this is a big game for Connecticut. If they find a way to get this victory over SMU, which they are favored, by the way, over SMU, don't be shocked if Connecticut can find a way to get themselves into the Nash, into the NCAA tournament come March because that's when conference play will get huge. When you see teams like Connecticut, SMU, other teams within the American Conference, it's, it's going to be crazy coming down the stretch here in college basketball, people. And with all these trades floating around, it's getting even more crazy. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, this, this stuff is just becoming out of control uh, when it comes to trades. Adrian Rojanowski is just going off right now with his Twitter. Uh, again, it's all really about the, the Oklahoma City trade right now. That's really what's kind of revolving around in the world of the college bas- or excuse me, in the world of basketball when it comes to the trade deadline. But, again, in the standings, the American East standings, look at this. you got Cincinnati, Connecticut, Houston, uh, SMU, Temple. Look, if there's one conference tournament that I would suggest you watch, <clears throat> Tulsa's right there, only two games out of first place as well. And those are the bottom one, two, three, four, five, six teams. That's, that's half of the conference in the American standings. Look, I know there's not going to be multiple teams from the American standings going into the NCAA tournament, but that might be the conference tournament you need to tune into to really see what's going to happen with that. That, that is a crazy parody-driven conference. The, the final four, the final six teams in that conference is going to be absolutely nuts uh, coming down the stretch in that conference tournament when we get to March. That's going to be crazy, crazy stuff there. Um, there, are, there are three games in the NBA. Yes, we're back to the NBA basketball tonight, and we are starting our picks, yes, as of tonight. From here until the NBA Finals ends, we are making picks on a nightly basis, and we are recording them here on the Hoopers Vlog. Through me, through Andrew, through our FanDuel guys, Dre and FP, if ever they come back on. We're trying to get them back on next, next Friday, if they can, for the final Friday of February. Think about that. We're already in the final Friday of February next week. Isn't that crazy to think about? Um, but we have our picks when it comes to tonight's games, and these are as of my picks as of today. This is who I have, and this is what I've seen, and this is what I've seen when it comes to the line. Washington plays uh, – gosh, I, I, wish I, wouldn't have, I wish it wouldn't have refreshed on me. Washington plays the Utah Jazz in the nation's capital to, not, to start off this second half of the season. Washington is, is favored by one point. Take the one point. Washington should get the victory. They're rested. They're ready to go. I know the Jazz are going to make that push to try and get into the postseason, but so are the Wizards, and they're going to try and make their case – to get back into contention, to contention, contingency with the Eastern Conference. That is the case there when it comes to the East. I think the Wizards are going to make that push, and they're going to make it strong here in the, first, in the first couple of weeks of the second half coming in after the All-Star break. The Wizards are rested. They're ready to go. I think they'll get the victory tonight. They're favored by one. Take the Wizards in the one point. They'll get it done there. And we'll give you our picks the next night, every night. And I know tomorrow is a nighttime edition of the Hooper's Log. Hopefully Andrew will be available. I think he will. I'll let him know. If not, I will do a morning version. Actually, I won't be able to do a morning version, but tomorrow I will be finding a way to get on the show late if Andrew can't do the night version. We'll figure it all out later. We'll get you going. Anyway, 
Bulls, Cavs, first game on TNT, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Cavs just made their moves. I don't know if ultimately they'll get all their players yet, but knowing that the movement that's going on in that Cavalier organization right now and the level of unknown and all of that and the people on eggshells and everything you can mention, I don't know what's going to happen. I really have no idea ultimately what's going on in that Cavalier organization, but the Cavs are favored by 13 points in this game. I'm telling you, take the Bulls plus the 13. I know Pau Gasol is being talked about about being shot. I understand, but outside of that, everyone else is safe. I know Jimmy Butler isn't playing. I understand that the Bulls are not as good, but for some reason the Bulls have the Cavaliers' number. They've had it all year long. They've always played them tough. I think they're 2-0 and against the Cavs, if I'm not mistaken, this year, and I know Jimmy Butler's not playing, but you got a healthy D. Rose. you got a healthy Pau Gasol. Everyone's coming back healthy. The Cavs obviously have all their new pieces coming in, so they might not have everyone available. But the Bulls will find a way to win this game. Maybe not win, but the line is favored 13 to the Cavs. I'm telling you, the Bulls will find a way to at least keep it close late. They'll find a way to keep it close late, and I think they'll find a way to even potentially win this ballgame. And it wouldn't shock me if they won this ballgame. And if they kept it close, that's ultimately what I see happening. The Cavs are favored by 13. Take the Bulls plus the 13. They should find a way to keep it close in that one. And then the game of the night, I'll definitely have this game tuned in at work. Spurs. Clippers, both teams coming off the all-star break. The Spurs are favored by four and a half in L.A. Both teams have the same records on the road and at home. Think about this. The Clippers are 17-8 and eight at home. The Spurs are 17-8 and eight on the road, and they're 45-8 and eight overall. Who's the better team? The Spurs. No one's being moved on the Spurs. No one's worrying about moving anybody on the Spurs. There's no conversations, period, on the Spurs of who could potentially be moved. No one, none, at all. None of it will – nobody is being talked about when it comes to the potential movement in the San Antonio Spurs organization. That's not happening. It won't happen. It will not be the case. So the Spurs are fine. They're, they're preparing for this game. The Clippers obviously have conversation talks of people being traded, people being picked up. Apparently the Clippers picked up someone on a 10-day uh, – uh, here it is, Alex Stevenson, a power forward center, <coughs> excuse me, being picked up for the uh, Los Angeles Clippers – that's what's being happened there for them. So they've got some movement in the Clipper organization. The Spurs have none. I think the Spurs come out, and they play great basketball, and they win big tonight. They're favored by four and a half. Take the Spurs. They should be able to get it done in that one. Obviously, Blake Griffin is not back yet. I believe he's still suspended, if I'm not mistaken. And I just think the Spurs will find a way to come out and play inspired basketball. Pick them, minus the four and a half. A TNT Thursday in the world of the NBA. Those are my picks for the three games tonight, and then tomorrow night, clearly there's a big-time, big-time ton amount of games going on. The picks aren't up yet, but I'll give those picks uh, on the Hoopers Log. If you don't follow the Hoopers Log on Facebook, please do so. We will give our picks every day on the Hoopers Log for who we think is going to win and what's going to happen, and then we'll give you our results the day after. We will give you those every single day because we plan on giving you the victories here on the Hoopers Log. Tomorrow, Mavericks matches one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. It's safe to say that pretty much everyone will be back on Friday if they don't play on Thursday. Obviously, some ESPN games on Friday. Celtics, Jazz, big time game there. Obviously, Pacers and Thunder. That's another huge game, man. There's some huge games coming up on Friday night. But obviously, tonight's games are also big as well. Suns and Spurs, or excuse me, Spurs and Clippers. 
Bulls and Cavs, big, big time matchups on TNT in the world of the NBA. So again, the trade deadline is now about now about 80 minutes away from coming up. <coughs> excuse me. And as you can tell, we're getting closer and closer to the trades. Just they're starting to reel in. So seriously, hold on to your phone, hold on to your clicker, hold on to whatever you do to keep up with this trade deadline because it's coming in and it's coming in hot. I don't know if Andrew's going to be able to call back in. He's a busy man. I'm a busy person. I'm getting out of here. I got to go on a run. I got to clear my head. I got to wake up. I got to get it going. And so for you out there, again, stick your phone to the Twitter. It is going to be nuts here over the next couple of over the next couple of hours with the trade deadline rolling on through. I'm telling you, find a way to stay awake, stay locked in. You're here to learn more about what's going to happen. And again, there's going to be a lot of changes. The, the, the stretch run of the NBA season is beginning tonight. This is the time of year where basketball takes over. And if you're not listening to the Hoopers log, what are you doing? We're going to be keeping you locked in on a daily basis from now all the way until the NBA Finals. And then once we get into July, we'll talk about all that coming up in the free agency period and all that stuff. Episode 74 is in the books. we got about a minute left on the show. Episode 75 will be a night show tomorrow. Either Andrew will do it at 6 p.m. Eastern or I'll do it at 9 p.m. Eastern. It'll be one of the two, and we'll get it rolling, and we'll get it rolling. I'm pretty sure Andrew will be up for it at 6 p.m. Eastern, and I'll obviously call in and give you my opinion. Thank you again for listening, everybody. It should be an unbelievable day today with the world of basketball, games, uh, when it comes to the trade deadline, news, rumors. I'm telling you, keep your phone on lock. It's going to be crazy for the next couple hours. Thank you again, everybody. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Enjoy the basketball. We're back to the NBA. We're back to everything. Episode 74 in the book. Episode 75 tomorrow, either at 6 p.m. Eastern or 9 p.m. Eastern. It'll be one of the two, more than likely, the 6 p.m. Eastern. Have a fantastic day, everybody. Simo Buckets out. I'm out of here. Have a great day. Enjoy yourself. <laughs>